Lord Jesus. We just are so grateful for you, Lord. We're so grateful for your presence. God, I just ask that you would just come and infiltrate this room, that you would surround us with your presence, that you would draw us to your heart, Lord. Um, I can speak to the best of my ability, Lord, but if you're not in it, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean all that much. So I just pray that you would be central and so very manifest with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So what I want to speak on today is something that the Lord's really been, really, really put on my heart um, uh, again and again and again, um, especially since... Um, especially since Chuck came through a couple, what, two, three weeks ago now, and a little bit beforehand. Um, and so I've been really zoned in on this. And then it was so interesting because then my dad started preaching um, last weekend, and I thought, oh, no, he might be preaching my sermon that I was going to say. Um, but, you know, when the Lord's on something, it often feels like he's on something. So the title that I gave my sermon is The Practice of Abiding. It's really what God's been speaking to me about, abiding. What does that look like, and, and how do we actually do it? So if you would turn with me in your Bibles to Luke 10, 38 to 42. Very well-known part of the Bible and one of my favorite parts. It's the story of Mary and Martha. So I'm just going to read it. It says, Now they went on their, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to come and help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. What's so interesting about this portion of scripture is, I mean, like that's in all your kiddies' Bibles if you've grown up in the church. You know, you know the story backwards. Um, And I spend some time, because when I think about abiding, nothing speaks to me about abiding like this story. It's the story that I just go to when I think about what it looks like to abide. Where I see Mary just like leaving everything to sit at his feet. And so I was like, I'm going to go here. Let me start here. Let me start unpacking this, um, this part of scripture and seeing what I can actually dig and find. And I, and I see Mary um, present, listening, abiding, holding, having. It's such a beautiful um, posture. And so there's a couple of things that I found that I want you to note with me. The first thing is in verse 40, It describes Martha um, as being distracted, but I realized Martha probably thought she was focused. (laughs) Martha probably thought she was focused on serving, but the Bible says she was distracted. Um, And what, I mean, distracted, it means to draw away, over-occupied, too busy, or driven about mentally. Um, <laughs> I was like, ooh, I, I am a very much a Martha personality. I just would like to say that from the get-go. I take, my mom and I, we've said this to each other before, we take great delight from the verse in the Bible that it says, and Jesus loved Martha. <laughs> so I take great, great comfort in that. Um, so distra- this is what distracted means. And what's interesting is you, one only knows that you are distracted if you recognize the value of the thing that you are being distracted from. So like if you are studying for something and you then have gone off and done something else, you know that you're distracted from studying. Um, you know that you're distracted on Instagram because you know that I should be doing this thing. 
So if you don't know, <laughs> Jemima is a very focused studier. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she is. She's a very, very diligent studier. Um, so you only, you only know that you're distracted when you see the value of the other thing. I'm doing this, but I should be doing that. So I found this quite interesting, thinking about Martha is there serving the Lord, literally. She is serving the Lord. And she is serving the Lord while completely missing the presence of Jesus. Um, And I think that's something that I see often in my life and also in the broader church. I see people that have got this heart for the Lord and, and they are serving Jesus and they're doing things for the church, for their community. They're serving the Lord, but they are completely missing the presence of God and the presence of Jesus. Um, And you realize that unless you see the value of sitting in the presence of Jesus, you will think that you are focused and you don't realize you're distracted. Um, And so I was looking at this and I thought, okay, Jesus comes up to, well, when Martha comes and is like, lesson here, Jesus calls Martha's efforts of serving him, um, he, he describes them as troubles and anxieties. And I find that a little offensive, honestly. <laughs> I think that's a little bit mean. You know, I would come in like, I'm doing this for you, Lord. Like, that would, that, that would come across as offensive to me. Um, but I look, if, you look, if you look a little bit further, the next thing was, what was Jesus' answer to this? He, called, he says, you are troubled and anxious about many things. What are those many things? It's like, uh, it's the serving. It's the doing things for God. Um, and Jesus' answer was, you troubled and worried about many things, but one thing is necessary. His answer was the difference between many things and one thing. Um, and so I was like, okay, if we are focusing predominantly, like these things are important. Serving the Lord with your life is important. Like that is, yes, of course. But if you are focused predominantly on these other things, even with the good intentions of serving the Lord, does it lead, if this is focusing on them predominantly, it leads to troubles and anxieties. If you are doing these things outside of the presence of the Lord and you are missing the most important thing by doing these other important things, if you're missing this one thing of sitting at his feet and abiding in the Lord, it leads to troubles and anxieties. What I started, okay, I'll give you the picture that I had because I'm quite a visual person. I had this thing of like, there are a whole lot of little buckets and they all need to be filled. And I'm going there with my little watering can and I'm filling it up, filling it up, filling it up. By the time we get to this one, then that one's drained out of it. And I'm going and I'm going and I'm going and I'm going. And the Lord just showed me this picture of like a master bucket above them with that, that feeds into all of these things. And he's just like, okay, take it. There's many things and then there's one thing. And if you can actually just throw your value and affection on the Lord and actually start abiding and actually getting involved with him and who he is, these things actually start flowing out of that place from the one into the other. That's the picture that I, that I had. And what Jesus says, he says, one thing is necessary. Jesus clarifies in that moment the most important activity. So yes, these other things are important and I'm not taking away from that, but he clarifies what is the most important activity? The one thing is necessary. And it says, um, Mary has chosen the good portion. 
Um, so if you're doing things to serve the Lord, that's good. But if you're doing things to serve the Lord as your top priority, you're missing the point. Wow. So I'll say that because I was like, if you're doing things to serve the Lord, that's good. But if you're doing things to serve the Lord as your top priority, you're actually missing the point. Wow. Um, my favorite verse in the Bible is Psalm 27, 4, which says, um, one thing, again, there's one thing is necessary. It's the one thing. One thing I've asked of the Lord and that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and meditate in his temple. If that is my favorite verse, and it's the verse that I've said, this is what I want to guide my life. One thing I've asked of the Lord, and that I will seek after. All these other things, seek first the kingdom of God and you know, all these things will follow. So it's, that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm seeking after. One thing, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That I may dwell, what's the house of the Lord? In that day, when David was speaking, the house of the Lord is the presence of God, because that's where the presence of the Lord rested. Um, he was like, oh, you will find me in the house of the Lord. He had such a value for that space. Again, what is the greatest commandment? When they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? There's a lot of commandments. There's, if you study a little bit of um, Judaism, there are, there are a ton of laws and commandments. And he said, okay, what is it? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That was the greatest commandment, the first and the greatest commandment. Um, and then the next thing that I noticed is it said that Mary's portion will not be taken away from her. And I thought, huh, okay, well, what, does that mean that Martha's portion will be? <laughs> you know, like, what is this? What is Lena? I was praying through this a little bit, and then I felt the Lord um, say to me, um, that, you know, that, that little bit of scripture that says, you'll always have the poor with you, but you won't always have me. And that kind of went through. And I thought, oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to go quickly look up that story. So you can, you can follow me in my quiet time that I had to Matthew 26, verse 6 to 12. I'm going to read it. It's Jesus anointed at Bethany. And this is the story that came with that, um, that phrase. Now, when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble this woman? For she has done a beautiful thing for me. For you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And I was like, oh my goodness. Again, there's, someone, there's this woman who's just kind of at the feet of the Lord, just like pouring herself um, out. And I started asking um, myself, okay, well, who is this woman? And I did a bit of digging. And I was like, oh my goodness. There are two, there are two times that a woman comes to Jesus' feet um, and like anoints him. And, da, da, da. and the one, I mean, I kind of, I knew that there was like multiple accounts of this. And the one that I knew best was actually the prostitute that came in and cried and, you know, washed his feet with her tears and wiped it with her hair. And that, that was a story. This is a different time. Apparently it happened to him often. Um, and <laughs> this is a different time. 
And that, the story of the prostitute is in Luke 7. But this account is Jesus in Bethany right before his crucifixion. And it's found in Matthew 26, Mark 14, and John 12. So I was like, okay, who is this then? First clue, if you read John's account, verse 2 says this. Martha was serving. (laughs) And I was like... Oh my goodness, it's Mary again. And I actually didn't know that. So that was like a cool little Bible study moment for me. Um, So Martha was serving. Good old Martha. And I literally was like, oh my goodness, it's Mary. And where is Mary? She is at a puddle at Jesus' feet, being judged by those around her, but being affirmed and loved by Jesus. Again, she's at his feet. Everyone around her is saying, well, like, what are you doing? And Jesus is affirming her at his feet and he's loving her at his feet and saying, this is what is necessary. This is what is precious. Um, so again, there was a couple of things that I wanted to pull out that you can notice with me. Firstly, a costly ointment, a costly perfume. It was something that really cost her. And oftentimes, cost or money is a representation of where we've spent our life, what we've done with our time, talent, and energy. So when we, when we bring to the Lord even tithes and offerings, it's like it's a portion of actually what I've done with my life because it's a representation of, of what I've done and what, what I've built, what I've given, what I've spent on, what I've stewarded. So it's, it's, uh, it's a representation of time, talent, and energy. And oftentimes, where we put our money shows our value. How many of you value food? <laughs> like you can see, very much value not starving. You know, then you'll see um, family. You, what, where you put your priorities, where you put your money, usually goes in hierarchy of what you value. So you will do this, you'll have maybe a small amount, but a family member is in dire need, something happens, they need something. You do what you need to do, and you, like, you will scrape the bottom of your barrel, and you will go and, and help that family member out. You know, health. These things, that when you look at how you spend your money, is often a really good representation of what you value in your life, be it good or bad. So I see Mary take this, and she poured out her value, something that cost her, a representation of what she poured her life into, and she poured it over Jesus. She said, this is where I place my value. This is what is most valuable to me. Jesus, I'm going to sit just being here with your presence, Lord. This is what I value. And the immediate reaction to the people around, of the people around her was that this could have had practical use. Immediately they came. You could have done something for the Lord with that. And... Jesus' response was that, hey, this was a beautiful act of, wor- of worship with no purpose or practical application. Jesus affirmed her saying, this is what I value and it's you. Um, and so I, um, I've heard far too many kind of people talk some sermons on the purpose of the presence. And I'm telling you, it gives me hives. I'm like, because can you imagine? Can you imagine going to any friendship? I was chatting with Bex actually um, this week. And I said, oh, you know, people, the people when they speak about the purpose of the presence. And she's like, ah. She's like, can you imagine if we approached our friendship like this? And I went in and I said, well, what is the purpose of this friendship? The purpose that I'm in this friendship is to make me a better person 
Um, uh. It would be so offensive. Am I a better person because of my friendship with Bex? Yes, absolutely. You cannot spend five minutes in that woman's presence without leaving a little bit more in love with Jesus and a little bit more encouraged and feeling like you're a superhero. Like, I am so much of a better person because of my friendship with her, but that's not the purpose of my relationship with her. I want to be with her because I love her and because she's just amazing. And then I started to think about it. I was like, can you imagine if your wedding vows went something like that? You're standing there, you're wanting to, you know, you're wanting to think, okay, commit your life, and they start to think, well, the purpose of this marriage is, uh, you know, to make me a better person, to think, I mean, I hope you'd become out a better person, but the purpose of, I'd be like, listen, buddy, hold my bouquet, I'm going to go out, I'm going to get a self-help book and a green smoothie, and you're going to be just fine, okay? <laughs> you can, we can sort that out some other time, but this is not going to be working out for me. Um, can you imagine if you approached relationships like that, a relationship, and you said, what is, what is the purpose of us being here? It's not a business meeting. Um, so, <laughs> There is no purpose to his presence in that sense. But there is fruit that comes from it. But if you chase the fruit, you miss the point. That's it. Um, That's it. That's it. So Mary cast her value on him. She actually, she wasted it on Jesus. Wasted it on Jesus. Um, Jesus said, she has put value on my presence. She, he said, like, I'm about to die. He said, she anointed me for burial. You'll always have the poor with you. But she recognized there's a moment. It's not going to be like this for much longer. It's not going to be like this. She recognized something of his presence, whether it was intentionally, whether it wasn't. But Jesus was, was about to die. There was a moment she was like, I need to be there. This is so valuable to me. And he said, he, he was like, I'm about to die. The poor will always be there, but it won't be like this. She took a representation of her time, her life, her value. She poured it over his presence, recognizing the value of him being with them in that moment. The value of him being there and the value of me being here with you. Um, so... Do like all the, all the other little buckets. Do they follow? Yes, and they should. They should actually follow the, the main thing. I mean, when you're abiding in the vine, like it says in John 15, you should be spitting out grapes, okay? If you're, popping, if you're popping out nachis on the end, I'm gonna start questioning what you grafted into and what kind of tree you are, okay? So yes, fruit follows being abiding in the vine. But, um, and I'm also not saying that you can't, you just sit down and don't do anything, you know, that, that, is so, you just, that nothing actually happens. But what I am saying is that we produce fruit in the vine. So I think it was Dad's point last week. We produce fruit in the vine. Branches don't produce grapes apart from the vine. And any fruit that they did have on them dies apart from the vine. Yeah. So if you're not in the presence of the Lord, that's when you're going to be fruitful. But my job as a branch is to be plugged in here, and it's the job of the vine to be, spit, to, to be growing the fruit. Branches don't grow fruit. Vines grow fruit. Um, so I started having this conversation with the Lord about abiding and also the value of sitting in his presence. Because so often in the church, you can often hear people um, think, oh, well, you know what, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, which is wonderful, and we should be. But... What happens is, and then they look at the people that are just sitting in the presence and just enjoying being with him and just enjoying 
just being loved by him, being tickled by him, being on all the, being overcome. And they're like, oh, well, you know, like, that's a waste. It's a waste of time. You could be doing stuff. You could be. Yeah. But I want to so emphasize the absolute importance, the, the, the vital, vital part of being a Christian is actually being in the presence of God and just sitting at his feet and being Mary. It's so, I would say it's the most important thing. Yeah. Is to actually, it's, it's the one thing. And to have all these things flow out of that, absolutely. But to, to make sure that in your heart, you know how absolutely vital for your life it is to have that moment in church, in worship, in cell group, in your car, when you wake up, those moments when you are just in his presence. It's so important. And to not come at and be like, that could have been practical. We could have done something in that. What is the point of that? What is the use of it? What do you, and I'm like, well, well what, did you, what did you do this morning? Oh, I was just with Jesus. What did you get out of it? Did you, did, did you find a profound message in the Bible? You know, I actually didn't. I did yesterday, and maybe I will tomorrow. But in that particular moment, it wasn't about pulling a good teaching out of the Bible for my, um, for my cell group that I'm meeting on Thursday night. I was just with Jesus. I was just, just in his presence, just allowing just this moment of getting close to him and falling in love with him. Um, so I started having this discussion with the Lord about even like when I spend time with him, how I spend time with him. Um, and it was this thing of like, Jess, before, before I even spend time with the Lord, before I start on my list of prayers, my items for discussion, um, which I often have with the Lord, I'm like, Lord, we got a couple things on the agenda. <laughs> Let's just go. Number one. Um, I just started with kind of that phrase that Chuck used of, oh, but you're here. Before I got into my prayers, before I got into what I needed, what was kind of troubling me, um, before I got into anything, I just sat for one moment and I said, oh, but you're here. No agenda. I'm not coming at you with my, you know, points for this meeting. It was just, oh, but you're here. And I just believe that something happens when we are at his feet, when we just sit at his feet. There's something about him that makes your heart burn. I think, of, I think it's, yeah, it's Luke 24. I love that passage where Jesus has died, resurrected, and you know, he meets those two guys on the, road, um, on the road. And, I mean, side hustle. It says that Jesus is speaking to them, and then they're like, oh, what's happened? And they tell him, like, where have you been? Like, what have you been looking at? And then it says that he opened up the understanding of, like, all the scriptures to them. And I'm a, just a side question that I have for the Lord when I get to heaven. It's like, why do we have every genealogy ever? But I want that conversation. Like, where is that? I'd like to know, like, where that was anyway. But he opens up to them the scriptures and everything happens. And then, long story short, like, they realize, oh, my gosh, it's Jesus. And then Jesus disappears. And the phrase that stuck out to me says, but did not our hearts burn when he spoke to us about the scriptures? Yeah. And it was this moment of, they, they look, they're like, oh, word, that was Jesus. And they're like, oh, didn't our heart burn? And there's something, I mean, I don't know how many of you guys have had this, but you know, when you're in worship, when you listen to something, when you're in his presence, your heart burns. There's this moment where you go, oh, my goodness. Um, 
And there's something about him that makes you drop everything and immediately follow him. You can see that in the account when Jesus called his disciples. This is immediately, they drop their lives, they drop their fishing nets, they drop their families. <laughs> they literally, there was nothing else that they did. They just said, there's some guy that said, hey, follow me, which is like Stranger Danger 101. <laughs> but there was something about them that said, they were just like, yeah, okay, we're going to go. Because there was something in their hearts. I would imagine that actually something in their hearts started to burn. Something said, that's it. That's the most valuable thing. And I will do anything. I will drop anything. And nothing comes before that. And I will take my life and bring it underneath him and live for him and follow him. There was something in him that they they just... And there wasn't a teaching. There wasn't a, this is what you're going to get out of it. He just said, follow me. And they said, oh, yes. That's what I was made for. This is the thing that I will value over every other thing. Everything else I can do for him, I value him above those things. Um, there is a place for sitting at his feet. There's a place for sitting at his feet for no practical application. And I would argue that it is a vital place and one that should be practiced. And it actually should be practiced as this is so important. And this is the thing that I'm going to, like David's, one thing I will seek after and pursue. Um, Another quiet time thing that I started getting into is, you know what, I don't have to get to you through my stuff. <laughs> you're just here. Like, so you're just here. Because, um, really you know, when I'm struggling with something or I'm disappointed or I'm, I feel like I need to get over myself first before I get into his presence. I feel like I need to, you know, like, I was like, okay, I need to repent for some things. I need to work through some stuff. And I realized, and it felt like I needed to get to him. And I just had this, this picture of me sitting on my couch where I have my quiet time, my tea, my Bible, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get into the presence. And the Lord's just there next to me, like, okay, I'm going to wait for her to finish her stuff and realize I'm right here, you know? Um, and I just had this moment of I sat down, I had all of this stuff, all of the things going on. And again, it was just, oh, but you're here. You're here already. I don't have to get to you through my stuff. You're just here. Um, And these places of like irritation, pain, hopelessness, that um, I'm a fixer, so I'm continually trying to fix things. Um, And I'm like, I want to make it comfortable in my own heart. You know, that if there's something that's bothering me, I want to find the right perspective on it. Even if it's a challenging thing, I'm like, okay, it's a challenging thing, and the Lord is with me, and and I'm trying to find the correct way to approach everything. Um, I like I'm such I'm a massive fixer, and the Lord started kind of challenging me on just hey, why don't you just let me in that space? It doesn't even need to change. Um, so like so there's like a uh, a prayer you're really hoping for, or some a disappointment that you haven't seen, or um, an anxiety that you have, and you kind of usually want to pray into that aspect. What are you saying, Lord? What's your perspective on this? How do I do it? How do I fix this? How do I change this? And the Lord is like, well, why don't you just leave that? Why don't you just ask me to just come in and fill that space? Just ask me to just come in. And don't expect me to tell you how to fix it right now. Don't, don't, why don't you not look for a solution? Why don't you just look for him? Just allow that space to be filled. And it doesn't even need to change. Um, And so... I went back to that space of, okay, life is found in the vine, not the branches. Life for my dead places, or the places that are feeling dead, are actually the life of those places is found in him. 
So if I need maybe him and not solutions, I actually just need to plug that area of my life, that dead area, plug it into him. And I need to fix it first. I mean, actually, I actually just need him there. I just need you in that space. I need to stand in this disappointment, like stand in it, feel it, and then feel his presence in that disappointment. And feel, oh, you're here. Um, and that was a massive key for me because it was like, I don't have to make it feel good. I actually, I can stand in all of this not nice feelings, the things that the stuff that I felt like I needed to get over to get to him in there. And then practicing abiding is just to be like, but I can feel your presence in this place of my disappointment. Hmm, you're right here. And then it feels different. You're like, it's okay. And in that way, it doesn't even need to change because I know he's here. I know there's life in the vine and I know he's got this and I know that it's going to be okay and we're going to walk it out and it's going to be fun. I have been all of a sudden got incredible peace in this area and then I can get back to keeping the main thing the main thing. Um, so I had this thing of like, put your cart and your horse in the right order. Cart, very important. Horse, very important. Order, vitally important. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you can have very important things, but you're going to go nowhere. You're not going to go anywhere. So my main takeaway in that moment was um, I'd, also, I'd also been like, okay, how do I figure out this thing? How do I um, make myself like a better preacher, a better pastor, better daughter? Better, like, how do I do these things for the Lord? <laughs> how do I do this? Like, I'm, I'm, I know I'm young, so I'm, I need to be grafted into like all these, these things. I need to be pursuing things. I need to be growing. Like I'm, I'm building foundations for me, my future family one day. Like, okay, who is Jess? And let me go at all of these things. And it was like, you know, how do I steward the Lord better? And how do I equip myself to be better, to carry more, to do all these things? And I'm looking around like, oh, wow, that person, okay, let me do some of this. And there's a lot of things that I was like, ah. and then... The Lord just kind of took me, and all of those things are good, and I hope I can continue to be filling those buckets. But the Lord said, hey, but this is the most important thing that you can do. Like, this is the most important thing that you can do. And I had this, and I, and I thought back to just standing in worship, and I was just enjoying being with them. I was with my friends, having such a good time, like having a good laugh. We're having fun. We're chatting. I feel the presence of the Lord. We're just having fun with God and he's like that's the most important thing right there this this thing and it was it was for me it was like it was not about all of these other things it was about falling in love it was about falling in love with God and everything that I do is to fall more in love and be closer to him and all these things will follow all these things will follow as I follow after him um so yeah last thing is 1 Corinthians 13 very, very well-known scripture. It says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and I deliver my body up to be burnt and I have not love, I gain nothing. And I went through this, and we know Corinthians 14, it speaks about desiring prophecy. Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Being prepared to lose your life for Christ. Matthew 16, give, um, giving, being prepared to give away everything that we have. 
the verse that even um, Andy spoke about earlier. These things are fundamental, good, biblical things. But if I've missed my one thing, I have nothing. And I've missed the point. So, I suppose, I just want to leave you with this, is that love is the operating system of a Christian life. And God is love. And the most important thing that you can do and pursue and seek after is just sit in his presence. And to know that when you're in that space where you're throwing your value on the presence of the Lord and you're sitting there at his feet, there are voices around that say, hey, what are you doing? But just know that when this happened in the Bible, Jesus loved and affirmed Mary, saying this is the most important thing that you can do. Um, yeah. So I think before we go into groups, can everyone just close their eyes for a second? Let's just start by acknowledging his presence. Oh, but you're here. You're here. And isn't it amazing that the most precious thing, the most wonderful thing of his presence, just being with him, isn't it amazing that this is fundamental? That, that this thing that you actually kind of want to be in all the time, all day, is the most important thing? Is the one thing that we get to chase after? And I just want you to ask the Lord, maybe there's been, maybe some areas that you've been operating outside of the vine. You can usually identify them, they're feeling a bit dry, troubled and anxious. Is there places that you're operating outside of the vine? And maybe because of that, you've had some fruit that feels like it's died off because you've been doing it by yourself or trying to do it outside. Maybe even um, you've been really focused on much serving, but have, have lost a bit of the abiding side. And you've been focused on so much serving that maybe it's caused some trouble and anxiety. And then if you want to, maybe just take a moment to bring that before the Lord and, and repent of that thing. Just going to hold that space. Maybe take a moment to repent. You're just going to stand in your in your heart just stand in that place just stand there and just say oh but you're here and then allow him to fill fill that place any area of trouble, irritation, confusion, maybe disappointment. Stand and feel his presence in 
outside of that place. Thank you, Jesus. I receive. Thank you, Jesus. I receive. Thank you, Jesus. I receive. Lord, right now, I just ask for a fresh infilling of your presence. Lord, that we would dwell in your house, that we would dwell in your manifest presence, that we would be people of your presence, that we would know who we are and whose we are, and that, Lord, our life would just flow out of the overflow of the love that's been poured into us, that we would never lose our wonder, that we would never lose the value that it is to be at your feet, sitting at your feet, that we would never lose what it is to be a daughter, to be a son, and to be the bride. That this is a relationship that we get to sit down. Lord, teach us what it means to sit at your feet. And Lord, teach us what it means to live a life that is at your feet. Help us to keep the main thing the main thing. And Lord, make us fruitful in that place. Would you allow all the things that come from that relationship to flow out of us? Lord, we know that you've called us to the nations, that there is things that we have inside of us to do, that there are places and people to serve, that there are places and areas in our lives that we are going to grow and flourish in, Lord. But I ask that it would all be out of an overflow and that we would never put the fruit before you. In Jesus' name, amen.